I um this week this week is fast week. Um this week is a really really um important week of the year. We get an opportunity to consecrate our lives to God. We get an opportunity just to step away from the daily goings and the daily happenings of life and just to really focus on God and what he's saying to us um, in this particular time. Um, a lot of times we just go throughout our daily day just going, 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 going and never really having an opportunity just to take the time for ourselves. We never really have an opportunity just to step back and just to take a deep breath and to choose us and to just reflect on what it is that God is saying in our lives. Um, so I'm grateful for this week. Um, I know what do we have them? We have fast week quarterly to where? So we, we're talking about four times out of the year. And so it, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for fast week. So we're just going to jump right into the word. Um, I want you guys to turn with me to um, Mark chapter 10. And we're going to begin in verse 46. And we're going to end in verse 52. You guys might be familiar um, with this passage. Mark 10. Verse 46 through 52. And I just really want to just have a conversation tonight. I mean, this is just us just communing with God and getting an opportunity just to... Um, be before him and and just kind of communicate and just talk a little bit about what it is that he's saying to us right now. Um, it's here. The title in my Bible says, I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, Jesus healed the blind beggar. It says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. And he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. Then the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the roadside. The title of this message is, How Desperate Are You? How Desperate Are You? Um, I want to take you guys back to um, share with you guys a little bit about a time when uh, I was desperate in my life. Um, December the 26th of 2010, um, I've never forget, I, I won't forget that day. Um, my dad came to my sister's house and um, my dad came in the door and he didn't necessarily look himself. And uh, my dad sat on a couch and he had a stack of papers. Um, and with these stack of papers was information about his health. 
Um, now, my dad is, is not someone who has an issue with, with any health problems or anything like that. And so it was kind of odd, you know, that he would bring these papers here the day after Christmas. Um, and so my dad shared with my sisters and I on that day that he had prostate cancer. Um, and it was at that moment that I just remember being immediately in a place of desperation. Here it is, I'm probably 24 at the time, and a possibility of losing my dad. I remember saying to myself, devil, I rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus, and there was nothing that anybody could say or do to stop me from believing in the fact that I knew that my dad would be healed. Um, I believe that when you're desperate, desperate calls for desperate measures, and I, I wasn't gonna stop by any means necessary to get my dad healed. And so whatever it is that I had to do, um, I was gonna make sure that my dad was gonna be healed. And so maybe a couple months later, my dad goes back to the doctor and um, the doctor gives him a couple of options. He gives him an option of um, having his prostate removed or he gives him an option or of having chemo. And so my dad decided to go the route of having his prostate removed. Um, my dad has his prostate removed and to this day, my dad is cancer-free. I mean, you know, being in a place of desperation, like I said, calls for desperate measures. And I lie to you not, when I, when I tell you, there was not uh, an ounce of doubt in my mind that my dad would be healed. Um, another time that um, something like this happened in my life is my grandmother. Um, my grandmother, uh, my grandmother is very, very prideful. She was older and she was stuck in her ways and um, just doing a lot of the things that she would just do um, and could care less about anybody else, about what anybody else thought. And so my grandmother would, uh, would ask me to take her to the doctor. And so I would take my grandmother to the doctor and I thought that I was just taking her to go get a checkup because that's what she told me. Come to find out my grandmother had tumors on her bladder um, and those uh, tumors that was on her bladder were cancerous. And so come to find out, my grandmother had um, cancer in her bladder. And so then my grandmother, once again, I go in a place of desperation. And when I say I pull out all of the stops to pray, I'm, I'm saying whatever it is that I know to pray. I said, Lord, by your stripes, I know she's healed. And just actually wholeheartedly believe in that, to know that she's going to come out just fine. So my grandmother, a couple months go by, and my grandmother gets her bladder removed. And until the day she passed away, the cancer had never come back. So when, when you're in a place of desperation, by all means, all measures, anything is possible. What does it look like to be desperate for God, some may ask. I think about five different things. I'm going to break down five different things that I believe that you need to know um, and what it is. Um, what it looks like to be desperate for God. The first thing that I believe that you have to do is you have to face your fears. You have to face your fears. If you look here in verse 26, I mean in verse 46, it says as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. I stopped right there because that really um, resonated with me. It says, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. Growing up, I know you guys remember um, trying to approach girls, right? 
when we would try to approach girls and girls had like a large crowd around them, the last thing that we wanted to do was to approach a female. Right, guys? Right? It's like the last thing I want to do is, oh, let me go holler at her. But now she didn't got 12 of her homegirls. Now that the fact that she has 12 of her homegirls, I better have a really good Mac game. I better have some really good pickup lines or I'm going to get clowned. That's pretty much what it is. Right? And so when I think about that, you had to pretty much be dressed to impress. You pretty much had to have all of everything in line before you decided to march all over, you know, to speak to that girl. And the fact that if she was walking away to say, excuse me, miss, and then have her friends look and turn around, like, you, you man, if you don't pull her and, and you guys don't talk, you're going to be the talk of the town for the rest of the school year. Um, I believe those thoughts have had gone through blind Bartimaeus's head for a second. Um, but he didn't care because he was desperate. So he didn't care that Jesus was walking out of Jericho or traveling to Jerusalem. He didn't necessarily care that he had his boys with him, his 12 disciples. And he didn't necessarily care that he had a crowd of people with him. His situation was so desperate that he didn't care. I believe that blind Bartimaeus looked at what seemed like opposition and he saw an opportunity. How many times do we let something that looks like, how many times do we let what something looks like dictate what we do? How many times do we not move forward or we get stuck or paralyzed just because of what we see? Don't allow fear to be the driving force of your decision. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for the Lord didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and of a sound mind. That means face your fears and walk fearless. The one thing that I really thought about, it says, despite Bartimaeus being blind, I believe he had an advantage. I believe he had no choice but to walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes the more information that we have, the more we begin to analyze the situation and then we get scared. So remember to walk fearless, to face your fears. Number two, not being afraid to cry out, not being afraid to cry out to God. In verse 47, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's the desperation that I believe that blind Bartimaeus had. Blind Bartimaeus was down on the roadside, blind. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. How many times have we been in a place of desperation to where we just need to cry out? There's been several times in my life to where I can remember my wife was pregnant and the doctors came and said that my daughter was a high risk for Down syndrome. I remember my daughter being born and I remember the doctors coming in 
and saying that we need to have an emergency C-section because of the fact that my daughter's heart rate accelerations weren't where they said that they were supposed to be. And I remember being on my knees and I remember saying, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my situation. Have mercy, Lord, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I didn't care who saw. I didn't care what somebody said because of the fact that I was in a place of desperation. So you have to do whatever it takes when you're desperate. You have to cry out. You have to talk about you have to talk about whatever it is that you see but then believe God to do what it is that you know him to do. I named my daughter Cameron because I believe that we can name and we can have a meaning for whatever it is that we decide. Somebody people made meanings for whatever. So my daughter's name means one who endures and yet overcomes. I think that, um, I think in the midst of so many different things and so many different happenings, I believe that there's a, a lot of noise that can happen. So the third thing that I want to tell you when you're desperate for God is to block out the noise. In verse 48, it says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. There are going to be people that are going to be naysayers. You're going to have people who don't want you to be blessed. They're going to be people that tell you to shut up like they did blind Bartimaeus. They're going to be people who don't believe in you. They're going to be people that tell you that you can't. It's going to be people that tell you that you won't. It's going to be people that tell you that you won't amount to anything. There will be people that will single you out. There will be people that will discredit you. There will be people that won't believe in you. There will be people that won't affirm you. But at the end of the day, you block out the noise by saying, by staying consistent. Because if you look here, the verse continues. It says, but he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He continued to shout despite all of the opposition, despite all of the people telling him that he could not, all of the people telling him that he won't, all of the people telling him that they didn't necessarily believe in him. He continued to push forward. When you're crying out and in communication with God, you are locked in and outside noise won't matter. You are trying to hear from God so nothing else matters. Continue to grab God's attention. The fourth thing that I think that you need to do when you're desperate for God and what desperate for God looks like is the fact that you need to uncover yourself. You need to uncover yourself. In verse 49, it says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet to come to Jesus. What really stood out to me here is the fact that Bartimaeus had been given instructions and he followed them to a T. Except this one thing that he did on his own. It says throwing his cloak to the side was something that was not asked of him. A cloak was used to conceal 
it was used as a disguise, it was used as an excuse, it was used as a mask, it was used as a cover. A garment that was from about your shoulders to about your ankles. I believe that Bartimaeus wanted to bear, I wanted, believe that Bartimaeus wanted to be bare, and I, want, I believe that he wanted to be open and honest about who he was. He wanted to uncover himself. When you're desperate, you expose yourself. When you're desperate, you make yourself vulnerable. When you go to the doctor and you have an open wound on your arm, you don't go to the doctor with a jacket on and trying to cover up the wound because of the fact that you want the doctor to see exactly where it is that they need to perform the surgery. You make sure that you expose that arm so the doctor then can perform the surgery. When you're desperate, you uncover the truth. The fifth thing that you must have, you must have the faith. You must have faith. In verse 51, it says, What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. If you look here, Jesus allowed the blind man to speak his own healing. Jesus poses a question to him, and the question says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus never does anything else. He just asks a question. What do you want me to do for you? Then Bartimaeus says with his own mouth, I want to see. So he spoke it. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. And blind Bartimaeus spoke it out of his own mouth. I want to see. It's not a question form. It was a statement. I want to see. So he spoke it out of his mouth. He spoke his faith into existence. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. I believe that the more you hear something, the more prone you are to actually believe in it. And I believe that blind Bartimaeus spoke his faith into existence. Speak the word in the place of desperation and watch God empower you to do a great work. Others around you will feel empowered to follow suit. Because if you look at the other... Um, if we go to Luke 18:43, it says in the ending here of another recollection here, it says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. It says when all the people saw it, they also praised God. I'm going to read that again. It says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When the people saw it, they also praised God. So when I think about that, it's because of the fact that he spoke it and everybody else saw it. Now everybody else believed that they could do it as well. So we can't keep our mouths closed in the front of other people. We just have to know that God is actually going to do what he said that he was going to do. How desperate are you? How desperate are you? When we're desperate, we come to God. But at times, if we're honest... We don't want to share how desperate we really are because we feel guilty of the fact that maybe it's been a long time since we last spoke to him. Or maybe we feel ashamed that we let, we let it get to this point. The word says in Deuteronomy 31 and 8, the Lord goes before you 
and he will be with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus goes after the one and leaves the 99. If you feel like that you have stepped away from God, it says that Jesus is married to the backslider. Don't think that your place of desperation is out of reach for God to pull you back in. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing, no one. So I want you guys to remember to be desperate for God. <laughs>